Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. Today I am joined by Coach Tom McClure and we're going to be going in to diving in to a feat of fitness that this man completed when he ran a sub five hour 50k after completing a thousand pound powerlifting total. Just give us a little bit of insight in terms of why this why this uh, challenge you know and, and how you went about it okay right but very quickly very brief overview this goes back to lockdown you maybe followed me a little bit of seeing my journey where i've fallen back in love with running love training in a maybe a, what what the internet likes to call a hybrid way so balancing strength training and endurance training alongside one another all my programming I follow from the fantastic gents Argus Crawley Johnny Payne from Omnia Performance and over the summer I kind of saw this as like a bit of an annual fitness test, really, okay. where nice. I, I put, I put a, a date in the diary when I was like, right, on the Saturday, a powerlifting total for, for people who don't know is, is a one rep max of squat, bench press and deadlift. And then the next day I was entered into a, uh, an ultra marathon, which is anything above a marathon distance. And the goal was to run a sub five hour 50k. So. Yeah, that's that's there the is. general reaction that I get when I when I say those. I'm going to do these do these kind of kind of strange things. And like, I just put a disclaimer out before we even start kind of diving into this. I don't expect anybody to be necessarily signing up to run ultra marathons and do powerlifting competitions. This is much more about you know often maybe when we see things on social media or we see people do challenges, it's not necessarily about the challenge itself. It's just about what you can learn along the way and how you can maybe take. Mm. A few of those points and put them into your own life and that's what i've done myself you know i follow people like fergus and see what he does i'm i follow a guy on the internet called nick bear yeah, people like hunter yeah. mcintyre people like ross edgley like i'm inspired by what these guys do i don't try and emulate them to the exact extreme because i'm not that fit and i'm not that bonkers but i do like to set myself challenges i do like to put a date in the diary and just test myself and see what happens because i think there's some pretty powerful things that can happen yeah. When you put dates in the diary and you commit to something. 
Yeah, and th- and that's it. Like we're going to talk through a few of the points that that you learned that that are already something that you took away from it that maybe the listeners can can also think. Oh, okay, yeah, like maybe that is something that uh, you know can benefit from and can learn from. But before we dive into it, like what numbers did you hit? So the bench press is 100 kilo. Actually, not that great, but doesn't matter. The uh, squat and 55 and the deadlift 205. Ooh. 155. 155 for a back squat and 205 for a deadlift. Very good, mate. And then what was your time on the, on the run? Um, I think literally something like four hours 55 or something like that. It got a little bit squeaky towards the end. Like, I don't think you could be sprinting at the end of that. <laughs> not for very long anyway. But yeah, well, so, You so, think so, you're sprinting. You probably think you're sprinting and you're, like, you're not going very fast at all. What's <laughs> the end of that? But great, mate. There's some serious numbers, like really great stuff. And, and like you say, like this is pretty, pretty extreme for a lot of people that may be outside of this hybrid kind of methodology to this, to this level. And a lot of people would do running a couple of times a week and maybe lift some weights and do something else. So, you know, it's just scaled up effectively. But look, one, what, what's, what kind of number one thing did you, you know, kind of, what discussion point? And did you kind of, you know, get out of doing this type of, challenge what what i find that i I alluded to it just briefly there a second ago is is putting a date in the diary and Mm. committing to something helped me to stay disciplined it created motivation and it helped me stay focused because then every little training session counted it was always leading towards something you know sometimes there's mornings when you get up and you're not quite feeling it or Sometimes I had to learn how to say no a few times to a few nights out or the odd drink because I had an early session the next morning. What what I found was really powerful was that this was just about me versus me rather than worrying about competing against someone else or trying to solely focus on how I look. Uh, Focusing on performance I found was really, really powerful. And I I think for, for anyone out there, even if you are, if you've got a fat loss goal or you're just going to the gym to feel a little bit healthier, have a bit more energy and maybe be a better mum or dad, having some performance-based goal, not an ultramarathon and <laughs> powerless in total, disclaimer, but some sort of performance-based goal, I think is really powerful because I think, like I say, yeah. it helps build that discipline and creates that action, which we know leads to motivation. I know, Liam, you spoke about before, haven't you, about always working towards something rather than just... Yeah. Oh, I just want to. I just want to get jacked, or I just want to get abs, or I'll, or I'll be happier when I'm in that dress or jean size, etc. Yeah, I, I mate, there's a lot to unpick on that. I think, firstly, setting deadlines is is something I spoke about in my newsletter a couple of weeks ago. That actually putting a deadline in and using it to your advantage is such a powerful, free, it's free accountability hack because. If you don't have that line in the sand of, a, of a, an event or something that you're working towards, then something crops up and you go, well, don't fancy training today or, or I'll go out for a couple of, you know, a night out. And they'll be like, oh, it's only one time. I've only missed one session. Thing is, is that when you've got that deadline, then you, you're more likely to go, actually, I've only got three more weeks of this. I can be more committed. And I think that that's a really powerful thing for people that they miss on that accountability. It's a free one as well. You just put that deadline in and it holds you accountable. Whereas if you didn't have that deadline, then you're just training towards, I don't know, like say being bigger, getting leaner, whatever, then that one more time 
can actually be quite a few more times because you're like, oh, it's only one more time. Oh, it's only one more time. And then all of a sudden you're doing it most weekends. Yeah. So I, I definitely think sticking that one in, mate, is a really powerful thing. And we've we've spoken a lot. Like, you know, we want by we want body composition to be a byproduct of performance. We want very short periods of time that people should be focusing purely on body composition changes. And then the long term focus should be increasing performance, working towards the goal, improving your fitness. So, mate, I think I say performance over aesthetics long term over a longer period of a longer period of the year, I think is a really, really great thing, mate. And um, yeah, and cool. Uh, I, I think that I think there's real power in writing stuff down personally. Yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. I've I've got a whiteboard the other end of this office and I can look at it now and I don't often share it with people, but there's goals on there. Yeah. And there's not just performance goals, there's lifestyle goals, you know, there's kind of personal things, but I find writing it down and then the power when you go and tick that off. Mm. Now, this could be like, sometimes I've got, I've got little goals for the week for work, little things yeah. like that, little things to be done. But then I've got these, what I call like BHAGs, these big hairy ass goals, things that I'm really oh, yeah. working towards, <laughs> the, the six month goals, the one month goals. And this, this total and this goal was, was, was put up there. And that's like such a powerful thing when you tick it off. Yeah. But, but if you don't, if you fail along the way, like that's okay. Probably closer and, to yeah. it than you hadn't planned it. Yeah, and you, you learn from it and you have another crack at it. It's not the end of the world if you fail either. Do you find that putting a goal in that allows you to backwards plan a little bit easier? I'd Like 100%. Like, yeah. absolutely. And, and again, I, I find it from a, a, as a coach working with clients when they're with us for six weeks or they're with us for three months, when there's a little bit of a line in the sand, like I said, you've got something to work towards. Yeah. And I think that helps people make better decisions along the way because in the back of their mind, they're like, right, I've got that end date that competition that wedding that holiday whatever it is that you're working towards so i can make better choices because that consistency will compound and will help me get there yeah definitely i think say backwards planning is definitely something that i find is a useful thing because you can be realistic as well i mean if you have that kind of deadline you can be realistic to be like can i achieve that in that time frame and if you can't then either reassessing that deadline or reassessing your goal. Like if you want to lose a certain amount of weight, if you want to hit a certain total, like you're never going to hit a 200 kilo back squat in that time. But your big hairy ass goal might be 180 kilo back squat and that might be 20 kilo, 25 kilos on your back squat from what you did now. Okay, well, if I have a year's time, how do I do that? And then backwards planning from that can allow you to put a system in place. Whereas if you don't, set a goal and if you don't have a system you don't backwards plan it then you can just be like oh i just want to get stronger okay cool like what are you doing if you could go on two or three squat cycles in that time and you could you know probably work with someone like omnia uh, to, to be able to do that for you but i think yeah. that's a really powerful thing isn't it that, that people yeah. maybe miss as well and then they end up just drifting for another year like look i'm kind of in that boat i have little bits in the in in line in the sand like competitions for me it's with the open do you know what I mean so i always kind of think right from November onwards, I'm really kind of dialed in in terms of I don't miss my training sessions. So for me, like if I turn up five to six times a week, I know that I'm always going to do it. Whereas before I might be like, ah, or like you said, when I'm in that session and I don't want to do rowing and burpees and more balls, I know that if I keep pushing, I'm going to be benefiting, going to be benefiting from it in February. I think that's great, mate. 
I've had a lot of people sometimes look from the outside in and they'll, they might see on Instagram or they, they just know me that, you know, often I train twice a day to get the amount of volume in that's needed to do running and strength training alongside one another. But for me, this is where backwards planning, like it works. I'm able to fit everything in. There's an odd sacrifice here and there, but like, for example, I know that like tomorrow morning, I've got to train lower body in the morning. So I'll do that before my kind of working day. I've got five mile run in the evening and then we're going out for dinner with some friends. So to make sure that I accomplish everything, I'll start to assign time slots to my day. Because then, like I say, it's very easy to drift and things to miss. And if if I know then if I'm not organized with work and I don't structure my day, don't get that run in. Or I'm then, you know, if I go out later for the run, the session's shorter because I'm going out for dinner in the evening. So backwards planning for me is absolutely essential. Um, All areas of life, not just going to the gym and working out, but particularly when, like I say, when you're trying to spin a few different plates, you can fit things in. You probably just got to be a little bit more organized. I like to sometimes map my week out. And if anyone's worked with me from a nutrition client point of view, I use we have something called a, a week planner in our coaching. And I get all my clients to do it and they moan a little bit because oh, I don't want to map my whole week out. But then they go, I've got space to do some meal prep here. Or, oh, yeah. I've actually got three hours on a Sunday where I don't do anything. And I've got, I've actually, Tuesday nights are pretty quiet. So I'm... And suddenly something you've got in the week, but sometimes when you're in the moment and you're quite narrow, you don't yeah. always see what space you've got. And isn't there a saying that if you've, if you've got five hours to do a task, it will take five hours. Whereas if you give yourself an yeah. hour to do it, you'll, you'll do it in an hour or something, you know? Yeah. I can't remember that. I, I mean, I should probably know this because yeah. I see it all the time. There's a, there's a phrase, isn't there? And if we were on Joe Rogan, we could get someone to Google it right now and yeah. talk in my ear <laughs> and tell me exactly what it is. But. A task will expand to the amount of time that it's given. Yeah, that's the one. So, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I can't remember the name of it. Someone can tell us. Yes, that is definitely something um, that is useful, mate. And I just think like, yeah, you got to get all this done. Or get you got to get all of this done before you have kids. Because <laughs> no, no amount of backward planning is going to allow you to train twice a day when you got kids, <laughs> unless you got a very, very understanding partner. But what you've what you've kind of alluded to there is about balance you found balance there because in your day you've got training you know hopefully from my point of view a lot of work training but you've also then built in like say social events and, and time with your with your wife and 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 everything else and i think sometimes that's where people just and then can go too far over the bell curve in terms of anything training nutrition whatever it is and, and find that they then can do it for a short period of time, but then they can't really find the balance to, to to kind of do it for an extended period of time and see results. Yeah, I use the sentence a lot of knowing when to push and knowing when to pull. And I think there's times nice. where my food management is tailored towards social rather than performance. Uh, but there's but there's times where performance comes first and. I'd, I would hope you as, uh, as my boss and also like my wife and my friends actually know I'm a better person when yeah, I've worked out yeah. and I've got goals in the diary and I'm moving forward in life rather than if I'm in a, in a bit no man's land and I'm a little bit lost, I can be a bit lost in everything. Definitely. So actually having structure and discipline of a, of a performance-based goal helps it me. Comes be, across. Carry, yeah, absolutely. It carries across into everything. Like, People who know me know I love a donut. I love a pint of Guinness. 
And these things, then, you know, I, I'm able to enjoy them, but I, I see it as, as increasing longevity in what I do. I'm not, I'm not all or nothing, but it's that kind of dimmer switch, isn't it? Sometimes it's dialed up, sometimes it's dialed down, but I'm never too far away from whatever zone I want to be in. Yeah, you, you, I read a quote, you'd rather be, things to do with weight loss, but it actually applies to probably training and goals as well. You'd rather be the person that was always kind of known for being in good shape as opposed to the person being in great shape once, you know, and then battled with their weight. So, That's very do you know cool. what I mean? I like it's, that. it's the same with training. It's just like, okay, you run, you run one marathon in 1998, but you'd rather be the person known as the person that is in good shape, fitness, does well, does competitions regularly. Maybe they haven't done a, an amazing time. I mean, the stuff that you're, you know, this thing is pretty amazing. But I think that's the kind of mindset that I look to. Do you mean I haven't done incredible things? I've rode, you know, the Ride 100 a few times and, and cool stuff and, and, and competitions and bits and pieces. But for me, I've never gone to the extremes, but I've always been consistent. Always done stuff. Always played football. Always done that. So I think if you can think about that in terms of weight loss and, and body composition, I think that's that sustainability. It's that finding that balance to be able to kind of do things know kind of longer term so i think you found that mate and, and and you're right i would echo your your statement there that i think a lot of people would is that exercise can be a really great thing or, or you know for helping with productivity and work uh, being more present in social life you know but it's still about finding balance do you know what I mean we don't want to be getting to that point where people have to train to eat certain things and I think that's, I don't think you, no, you're definitely not like that, but I definitely think that sometimes people can go down that rat route. So, but yeah, mate, it is like, you definitely like say productivity is higher when you've got, got a goal in mind. And hmm. I think it's a really useful thing. So mate, that's great. And, and just talking on nutrition there. So how, how did you feel for this? Like, how did you do? Cause there's obviously two pretty conflicting uh, modalities of training and the way that I would look at it would be like, well, you've got to be fueling in quite different ways, like short, sharp, intense, intense workouts or intense kind of outputs. And then, then more of the long and long duration and slow. So how did you approach that? How did you, how did you approach it? When it comes to my nutrition, uh, like a lot of things in life, I hate, <laughs> I hate being unorganized and doing things on the fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like a little bit of structure. I'm sure anyone who knows me is listening to this is going, yes, he loves a spreadsheet. He loves a timetable. He loves to be in control. He's always the one driving everywhere or planning everything. As Liam will know, like my stag do was the most stressful 48 hours of my life because I didn't know what's, what was happening. But when it comes to my nutrition, again, backwards planning and mapping things out a little bit. Uh, for me, it was just about keeping things really simple because then I could understand what was working well for me. When I've got these two different disciplines and I'm kind of juggling, uh, if everything was a bit random and a bit all over the shop, some days I might feel good, sometimes not good. From week to week, recovery might be all over the place. Whereas if the majority of my meals were similar, not necessarily the same, but very similar, I can then kind of unpick in terms of if I'm under recovering or I'm gaining a bit of weight or I'm losing a bit of weight. Having a really consistent meal structure for me helps me figure out what works and what doesn't essentially, rather than, like say, doing, doing things on, on the fly. And particularly when I've got limited time each day, when I have got that window, like tomorrow of train in the morning, work all day, run in the evening, go out for dinner. I don't want to spend half an hour in the kitchen at lunch. hundred <laughs> percent. Mm. 
cutting into your work time. That's why we don't want it. Yes. Work through lunch. <laughs> work in front of your, uh, was it? I don't mind you working in front of your computers. That's what I say to everyone. <laughs> but you're right. That simplification. And we talk about it a lot with people who want a new recipe every single day. They want a new meal every day. And it's like, if you, we don't expect you to eat the same thing every day. We just want to be simplifying this process of, you know, trying to streamline things. And when you streamline things, it allows you to identify triggers. And when you can identify triggers, whether that's when you get hungry or what, you know, whether you feel sluggish after a meal or when we have that golden session, we just feel amazing, you know, and we just train really well and everything feels light and we feel energized. Again, if that's just a once in a blue moon, because everything is random, you know, then it makes it really hard to kind of see that kind of sustained progress. And especially when there are a lot of spinning plates, you know, you're doing a lot of training. So if you're on the fly, I'm sure, you know, did you ever get caught out? Like, would you be caught out with your nutrition and find that you were then just like, wow, that hit me for six. I want to be doing that again. Often if I was busy and like missed a meal or skipped a snack, sometimes particularly with work, if I was traveling, so into London or in yeah. the car, not taking stuff with me to be able to kind of make a meal or, or have a meal on a go yeah would then be particularly if it was a two a day session call that second session would be tough if i was under fueled yeah. and then that would bleed into the recovery so for me like it's having go-to's and i say this to clients as well all the time and like liam just said there, like having two or three options for breakfast two or three options for lunch dinner we tend to have a bit more time in the evening me and my wife we like to cook together so we'll you know we'll do something fresh and that's where we had a bit of variety in. But like yeah. i say a lot of the time i can go in and like even my wife knows how to make my smoothie recipe because I make it so much. It's easy to make it all the time. She doesn't, I, you know, I'm able to make her a smoothie for myself to kind of put that disclaimer out there. But like, it's, 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 it's simple food. It's, it's real. It's whole food. It's nothing full of crazy ingredients or anything like that. And then all I keep doing then is adding to it. Keep yeah. how, how can I get more stuff in? How can I get more micronutrition? How can I get more colors in this? How can I get more variety? And I just keep kind of adding and playing around with the recipes that I, that I eat every day. And not every recipe and meal has to be five-star gourmet Michelin star or whatever, does it? Like, it can just mm. be good food that tastes all right, ticks a box. And the key thing, like I said, is just eating enough when I'm training twice a day. So as soon as I miss something, yeah. then, oh, yeah, I was in trouble. Yeah, definitely, mate. We, we speak about it a lot. But people that are training at this high volume, you know, that, that are supporting you know, or training for events that, that need an excessive amount of calories, more so than someone that's just doing a 45 minute gym session or an hour's, or hours class four days a week. You have to take the emotion out of food. Like it has to be seen. I know food is fuel and all that rubbish, but in this case, it is, it is true. Like it has to be like something that is, you know, you're doing to achieve the goal that you want. Like I talked to this about when I worked with the, with the, with the football players. I'm like, your job is to eat this. Like, I don't really care if you like it or not. Like, your job is to take this because we, it is proven that it's going to help you to achieve the goal. And I'm like, you don't want to eat at 10.30 at night after playing a game. I, I agree. But we've got to get something in. You've got to do something. Your job is to, re, is to refuel. This is part of it. It's not just to play 90 minutes. Your job is to fuel your body like an athlete so that you can recover efficiently and play the next game at the level that you just played this one. And when often people are doing this amount of training, training for even, even if they're just doing one part of what you've done, <laughs> powerlifting total or training for a half marathon, 
output's relatively high. And therefore, you can't make every meal take an hour to cook, you know, and slow cooking and roasting and getting all of the flavor out of everything. Because, do you know what I mean? Unless you're not working and your full-time job is to just do this, then that's fine. But even then, you probably won't have the mental capability to be able to want to do that every single day. So like Tom said, figure something out, figure out some meals that you actually enjoy eating. We're not expecting you to eat dry rice cakes and Ribita crackers every day, but you, you've got to be thinking about finding something that you're like, oh, I'm looking forward to eating this. I want to eat this and it's quick bang. So if you can simplify your nutrition in that aspect, I think that's a really good take home from, from, uh, from doing this, mate. So. That is awesome. One thing, supplementation-wise, what did you do? Did you do anything, did you do anything specific for this leading into it? Uh, because it was over the summer that I was doing this, mm. so I think it was uh, end of June was my fitness test. One thing that I found, and again, it's something we know is a world-class basic and something we should be on top of, but was hydration. And not just hydration. For me, it was about getting enough sodium in. Uh, particularly as well, like I've got a good quality diet. I'm happy to say that I've got a good quality diet. And when my training volume's high and my sweat rate is pretty high, anyone who's seen me in the gym or seen me out running, it leads to a greater risk of dehydration in the body. And you don't just need water. That's when you need electrolytes. That's, you know, you've got such a high vitamin and mineral kind of turnover. For me to be able to perform well and recover effectively, and then also have good cognitive function throughout the day, getting up, Getting hydrated early, getting electrolytes in around my training, I found was incredible for my, my performance, my alertness, my recovery as well. So it's something to really bear in mind if you're someone who does high volume of training or you're training for longer periods, you're in a hot climate, but also just in general, like I've, yeah. I've found with, with more and more clients that, have, that I've, I've suggested to them about electrolytes, if they train earlier in the morning, not only are they, are they sharper in the morning, they're they're sharp in the afternoon as well. I mean, there's less of a drop off in their performance. So yeah. yeah, for me, getting enough sodium is absolutely like for me now, it's like a non-negotiable. Like ev ev every day for me, like hydration and electrolytes are a non-negotiable in my setup. Mm. Yeah, that's great, mate. It's it, like, again, it's something that we know and we just need to be reminded of sometimes to be like, oh, I can't need to be doing. Do you know I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, an area that can be overlooked, but has a huge impact on performance, huge impact on, on recovery. So, mate, great highlighting of that. And again, it's just putting the systems in place. Yeah. Last thing I do before I go to bed at night, I fill up an 800 ml bottle of water and I put it in the fridge. First thing I do when yeah. I get up in the morning, I get that 800 ml bottle of water out of the fridge and I put my electrolyte. And yeah. now I do that every morning without thinking. Because it's because I've put the systems and the habits in place and you keep doing it yet and it's ingrained. It was a bit hard and tricky to do at the start. And Liam will know, I always moan all the time, I'm rubbish at taking my supplements. Yeah. So I now put alarms on my phone at eight in the morning and at eight at night to make sure that I take my supplements because I need that little prompt. Because again, got a lot going on trying to fit everything in. So lean on systems, use reminders, uh, use, you know, Voice note yourself. I've done that before. I mean, I've sent myself text messages, remind myself to do something later in the day. All these little systems can make sure that, again, all these little things, all those training sessions, they all compound and, and so they can help you achieve, hopefully, that big hairy-ass goal you've got written up on your whiteboard at home. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Talking of big hairy-ass goals, what's up next? 
going for a bit of a run end of November. Uh, just just a little jog. Going to run 100 miles nice. from Twickenham Stadium in southwest London to Colchester in Essex, close to where I live. Raising is my kind of annual Movember charity uh, fundraiser yeah. event. Sadly, 100 men in the UK and Ireland each week take their lives through suicide. So I'm running one mile for every man. And again, it's, you know, chalk one goal off. 100 mile was, was already on the whiteboard as a, at some point to do it. So again, setting myself a goal gives myself structure of accountability and then as soon as i yeah. put it out there it's then accountability for others and people ask me and how's it going and what am i up to so find it, it you know works works in both ways there so yeah that's what's yeah. next L- little 100 mile trot very good mate very good <laughs> uh, yeah yeah absolute lunatic but what an amazing cause like i said for for november and uh until like i say it's, it's really nice to bang that drum and raise that awareness for for the mental health side of things, not just the physical health or, you know, mental mm-hmm. health awareness. So awesome, mate. And dude, that was fantastic, but real great insight. Like we often think that sometimes just doing a new, you know, like a challenge is just all about, you know, what did I lift? What did I run? Mm-hmm. And actually what we are really trying to highlight in this episode is that there is so much to be gained from a lifestyle perspective and, mental health perspective and pushing ourselves to be kind of better humans all round rather than just yeah i just benched 100 kilos and squatted and deadlifted an insane amount of weight and then went around a load of miles <laughs> it's there's a lot more under the hood isn't it so mate awesome great insight buddy thank you mate. and thank uh, you. for anyone that you know that listeners please you know head over to thomas instagram page there'll be links to that in the show notes and you know make sure to give him a follow you know, if you are around London, South London or Central London, you're running through Central London. Yeah, coming right through Central London. Yeah, down over yeah. Tower Bridge, up to Stratford. So, yeah. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. And, and if you fancy joining in, then get involved. But yeah, it'd be lovely, lovely for you to donate and support them along the way. And um, yeah, fantastic stuff, mate. So, uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. As always, if you if you liked it, please share and rate. I know you always get asked this, but it'd be fantastic just to pop a little review on there. And um, we will be definitely revisiting when you've done the 100 mile to see, like, what did you learn from the 100 mile? And maybe one of them will be, don't run 100 miles, but we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when, when we come to it, mate. But uh, fantastic stuff to, to have this afternoon, buddy, and uh, we appreciate your insight. And guys, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.